Hello and welcome to TFS The Season, the show on Talk Film Society where we celebrate the holidays with double features and guests from around the network or hosts from around the network. Uh, I'm Mike and I'm joined today by Diego. How's it going, Diego? It's going really well. I love Christmas. I love the holidays. Nothing stopping me from enjoying that. I just uh, have to be a little bit more careful about how I'm going to do my Christmas shopping this year is all. Exactly. And here we are on Black Friday and we're watching a couple of Shane Black movies. It's Shane Black Friday. So, you know, stay home. Let your fingers do the walking. You know, order some stuff off of uh, the good old internet and uh, curl up with a couple of uh, Shane Black movies. Sounds good, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really all you need to get through the holidays. <laughs> that and like a competent government. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, we got, you know, one out of two. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the one that we do have comes with two extraordinary films uh both directed and written by shane black like you were mentioning yes yes it is shane black friday something i'm hoping we can make an annual tradition and we're uh taking a look at two of his uh directorial efforts kiss kiss bang bang and the nice guys all right so well we'll we'll get to the to the double feature part of it uh at the end but I mean, what what should we do first? Should we do Kiss Kiss Bang Bang first? I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I think we should do it in order of his works. Okay, all right. I was I was on the fence. I was like, do we do it in order of release or in um, chronological order? But let's do it in order of release. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, so this was his his directorial debut, but of course he had written a billion movies before then, and uh, yeah. Robert Downey Jr., uh, Michelle Monaghan, Val Kilmer. It's Christmas. It's a detective story. It's a comedy. It's everything you could possibly want it to be. Uh, what do you think about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I think this is Shane Black's masterpiece. It's the most Shane Black movie, like unfiltered, because it not only is it his like first directorial like uh, film, like the first film he directed and wrote. Um, I, I think this is all of his interests combined into a single narrative film that's both a love and hate letter to the world of Los Angeles that he uh, ended up like kind of blossoming in, obviously, with like the birth of uh, the Lethal Weapon script along with that other genre stuff. And he's known for like redefining action for American cinema, but at his heart he's a he's a mystery writer he's he's fascinated with like the elements of film noir and cultures that like basically leave protagonists like damaged and and effed up really bad until the point where his narrative start and you know they can't solve all the world's problems but this one this one day this one story they can try to do a little bit of good you know they have the opportunity to dust themselves off and try to make the world a slightly better place and uh there i think this this is this is the best one i i gotta be honest didn't always love it though which we could talk about but uh it, it took me a minute to get into this one yeah i mean i pretty much agree with everything that you said the idea that 
this is the first movie that he's directed after having written so many classic films is was really kind of appealing to me because I mean, you've seen other people interpret his scripts for all these years, and now to finally get to see what he himself would do, how he visualizes um, these things, which he's been dealing with for for years, is is pretty cool, and it doesn't disappoint. Um, you know, the 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 Christmas aspect to it, you know, which is one of my favorite parts, is certainly a Shane Black thing. Um, if I'm not mistaken, six of his movies incorporate Christmas in one way or another. And uh, this is no exception. And it's it's very prominent. But at the same time, like, you can tell that he loves Christmas, but he's not not in a caroling sort of way, right? Mm -hmm. And and, and I I really appreciate that because I, I love Christmas. I mean, that's the whole reason why... You know, I, I thought it would be cool to do this series and everything. And I love Christmas movies, but I love Christmas movies which aren't, you know, here comes Santa Claus, but which are about using Christmas as sort of like a a mood setter or something like that. You know, like we live our lives in December just like we normally would. But I mean, for an entire month out of the year, there is this just sort of like background noise, which is Christmas. And I think that he captures that as well as anybody in this movie and, and in his career in general. So uh, that to me makes this in a, in a way sort of like the perfect Christmas movie to me. Yeah. I mean, like uh, it's obviously got like all the decorations and the ha ha's and the ho ho's and stuff like that. Right. And uh, the outfits, of course, but, like, uh, yeah, he really taps into, like, how, like, sad can, it can be around mm -hmm. the holidays for some reason, you know? Like, like there's always that, like, sometimes around your birthday, people feel down, right? And there, it's just, mm -hmm. they got a lot of things in their mind. It's kind of like the idea that maybe you almost don't even deserve to celebrate, especially, like, you know, to get a little real, like, this year. Like, it's a little tough to tougher to find the join things maybe right and i yeah. think that's that's also why his christmas settings work so well because it it allows his characters to kind of stay take stock of what's important in their lives and you know like who they are like look back at the rest of the year or their lives and figure out like like is it worth anything and ultimately the answer is yes but like you know it's uh mm -hmm. it's caught up in a disgusting sleazy like world around them <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, and the other thing about it, the other thing that makes it sort of like a uh, a Shane Black movie to me, you know, is that even though there's not a lot of action in it, it really does kind of play like an action movie, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, I Maybe I'm just influenced because I, I read this thing by, uh, it was written by, I think, Bordwell and Thompson where they were talking about like, action movie structure and how it's like broke, you know, most action movies are broken up into four acts and, and all this stuff. And they were talking about how kiss, kiss, bang, bang, like it follows that structure and it does this really clever thing where each day is an act. Right. And I've just, that's always just sort of like blew my mind. Like, Oh, I mean, you're not aware of it when you're watching the movie, but then when someone points it out to you, you're like, Oh, okay. I see it exactly right here, you know, but it's also kind of interesting that 
for the guy who created Lethal Weapon and all this stuff, it's not super action-y, right? I mean, it's it's the it's limited in that regard. Like you're saying, it's more of a detective story. It's more of a mystery. That's that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I think even with the limited action that you're mentioning, like it's also very like impressive. You know, like what he can do because it was made for like 15 million dollars and it only made 15 million dollars so it's like it's a box office bomb unfortunately right yeah but like uh what he was able to pull off with the budget like it doesn't look like a small movie it looks like a mainstream hollywood picture uh Mm -hmm. and i think that's just very impressive for someone's first film that they directed you know because like uh Maybe that's also why he went for the Christmas thing, because uh, it's like his comfort zone. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, Christmas and the the Hollywood sleaze thing. It's something he's always been trying to work into the, the bigger stuff. Like, you know, there's the infamous cut moment from Lethal Weapon where uh, a cocaine, like truck or something like that was supposed to explode. And it was supposed to snow cocaine over the Hollywood Hills. Like... <laughs> Like, that's, like, the greatest image that's never been put to film, and someone needs to do that at some point. But, like, it, it's yeah. all of his fascinations just, like, he's trying to share with everyone, and I, he just did, like, such a fantastic job. It's honestly kind of a shame he's only directed a couple more movies after this. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. I mean, I I, I just talked about this with Marcelo on, on a different Talk Film Society podcast, um, but, uh, you know this was kind of seen as like Black's triumphant return, right? After, because he had been gone, he hadn't written any movies that were produced for like eight or nine years at this point. And, you know, here he was finally back. But when you think about it, the the gap between this and his next movie, which was Iron Man, right? Mm -hmm. It's just as long you know he was gone but it doesn't feel that way and i don't know maybe that's just the way that time compresses or whatever but this is like a 15 year old movie it doesn't necessarily feel like it when you're when you're watching it but when you think about it you know it's like that was that was a pretty long time ago and it does feel in in a lot of ways more dated than most 15 year old movies it, you know there's a lot of stuff in 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 this where you're like oh, they couldn't get away with doing that today you, you know <laughs> maybe some things which are you know uh just a little a little too edgy for uh for for current uh audiences you know that sort of thing um but and and some stuff which just ages terribly in terms of you know social commentary or whatever but uh i think looking past that it it holds up pretty well yeah um, and i mean uh this this isn't like a a coverall treatment for like the slurs and stuff like that that age terribly because like lethal weapon has some stuff i forgot about like rewatching it recently and i was like oh they just say that like you can't do that <laughs> um and i'm not even i'm not saying that they should be allowed to say that either but like i think Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Shane Black actually does believe everything he's putting on the page. I don't know the guy. But, like, my interpretation of that is, um, like, his characters are generally very unlikable people. And mm-hmm. I think most of the time they are supposed to be in the wrong, you know? Like, um, like Harry Lockhart in this is, like, a straight-up, like, just 
pathetic man child who's got problems with women. Um, and through the film, he kind of has to like work through those problems so he can become like the knight in shining armor, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, that he's still like treats women like garbage. Like that doesn't excuse that. I just think there's a purpose for it, which again, mm-hmm. like if someone's just not okay with watching that, like I, that's, yeah. everyone's different. But, um, I, I do think that it is intended for, a reason it's not just Shane Black being like, this is what I think of all women. It would yeah. really suck yeah. if he did, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> all right. Well, should we move on to uh, the second half of this double feature? Yes. Um, yes. Which is because I, I still have my point to make about why I ended up liking Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but this actually okay. ties into the nice guys. So this is perfect. Okay. All right. So the nice guys. Uh, this was. Uh, Shane Black's third movie, which I believe came out like 11 years after uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He had made Iron Man 3 in between. And it's another sort of neo-noir detective story set in, uh, well, L.A. This one, though, it takes place in the 70s, 1977, and it stars Ryan Gosling and uh, Russell Crowe as a couple of nice guys who team up to beat the crap out of people and whatnot, try to solve a, a mystery. Yeah. So, so what do you think about the nice guys? Uh, unlike kiss, kiss, bang, bang. I basically loved this all the way through when I first saw it in theaters. And then by the end, it all just clicked for me what he was trying to do and succeeded with kiss, kiss, bang, bang, where it is, it's not focused primarily on like the action set pieces. It's focused on the character stuff. And like, whereas the nice guys, I, which like is just perfectly designed to be a franchise. Like it's criminal that it just didn't become one. Uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang was a singular secular experience about that group of people at that point in their lives. Whereas the nice guys really could be like, you could watch these people do anything, you know? And once Mm -hmm. I understood that, it helped me understand Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a little better because that's what that movie is specifically not. Um, And I think The Nice Guys is great and unfortunately is not Christmas all the way through. It's literally like the last scene in the movie, which is very unfortunate. But what are you going to do? You know, I I think it's great, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always thought of because for years and years and years, I've been like, I want to do a Shane Black Christmas double feature like that's what I want to do more than anything in this world you know my my uh my my day job is is a, a film pre- programmer um for a movie theater chain and you know that the christmas is always you know like my favorite time of the year for that stuff for for you know kind of coming up with programming and this has always been my dream it's something that i've never been able to do and i guess i always just kind of thought of these this these two movies as the pair because like well, Disney's not going to let you have Iron Man 3. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, th- they seem to be like the purest Shane Black because they're not part of a franchise or anything like that. And he directed them himself. And this is the first time I've seen the movie since the theater. And I think maybe when I was watching it in the theater, when they threw the Christmas stuff in at the end, I was like, oh, yeah, he got it in there. <laughs> but... In over the course of the past four years or whatever, that kind of turned into like this is 
like a Christmas movie throughout, but it's really not, you know, I mean, watching it this time, I'm like, uh, well, I mean, it counts sort of, <laughs> but you know, I mean, like uh, the, the best one would be, I think, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man 3. That would be because those movies are kind of the same movie in a lot of ways, you know, and, and, and seeing those together, I think, would kind of be great. But um, regardless, it was a good excuse to watch The Nice Guys, you know, revisit that. Um, I, I think that this movie works really well, um, the, beautifully shot, you know, and, and uh, both Gosling and, and Crow are, are awesome. And, and I mean, I, I wouldn't put it on the same level as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but I, I think that it's a, it's a pretty cool um, you know, detective story, and and I would like to see more of them. I know at one point they were talking about doing like a a TV show called like the Nice Girls, with like uh, basically the same thing but with two women. I mean, that would be cool. It never happened, but why not? You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as it stands, I'm glad that at least we got this one, and uh, yeah, I, I think it works. So, so what do you think about the the Christmas in this one, like? It's just kind of, there's like a, an epilogue sort of, and it's a few months later and it's Christmas. What do you think about that? I think Shane Black likes to, he's got two kinds of movies. Movies that are set at Christmas and then movies that set up a sequel at Christmas that never happens. <laughs> um, the Predator is the sole film that does not apply to either of those things. And I think that's why... It doesn't work for a lot of people. No, I know that movie's got other problems too, but like, um, no, I mean, it could because it takes place at Halloween, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the next so one, if there was a sequel, you Christmas. could do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that could work, right? Yeah. Um, the Last Boy Scout, which I love, which is kind of like the OG Nice Guys, but directed by Tony Scott instead. Um, yeah. It it hints that the next one will also be at Christmas because it has the Satan Claus drawing and stuff like that. Okay, so so Last Boy Scout doesn't take place at Christmas. No, tragically not. Okay, and okay. so I think, but, but but Lethal Weapon does. Lethal Weapon does straight up. Yeah, and that, long, long Kiss Goodnight does. Long Kiss Goodnight, totally. Yeah, like there's a Christmas okay. parade in the beginning and the end of the film. Mm -hmm. um, but the nice the nice guys doesn't, and I think maybe that's just Shane Black's secret weapon, you know? Like, anything that he uses Christmas on directly is going to be a monster hit. Because Iron Man 3 made, like, yeah. three times as much as the other Iron Man movies. And, yeah. like, that's, like, crazy. Um, the Lethal Weapon, you know, the biggest action movie next to Die Hard of the 80s, right? Like, so he's, he's yeah. just got to keep using Christmas. Otherwise, his movies aren't going to work out which is yeah, a bummer I saw, I saw a couple of interviews with him talking about it you know and he's like hey you know i like the setting whatever i think it's cool but he's like it's kind of a gimmick and i think i'm done with it which kind of broke my heart i'm like come on make every movie a christmas movie shane black man um, yeah like why why not you know i mean like i like that the predator was in halloween i wish they did more halloween stuff there you know and it's mm -hmm. like just if you're gonna make like genre stuff like just spice it up. You know, if it takes place in our reality, why not use holidays, you know? get Just yeah. get a little more fun with it like that. I mean, it, it, like, like I was saying, you know, it's a whole month out of the year that we we deal with this. Like, theoretically, one in every 12 movies should be set during the Christmas season, right? I mean, yeah. it just seems to make sense. 
So how do you feel that this works as a, a double feature, specifically a, a Christmas double feature? I think even though we talked about them chronologically, I think the nice guy should come first if you guys out there are listening or doing your double features. Because this tees you up for the Christmas one, and mm. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is much more insular and cozy, even though it's much more sleazy. This is yeah. this where I am also saying that The Nice Guys, the film that opens with the death of a porn star, is less sleazy than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> um, but like, I, I think that will kind of get you in the zone if that's what you're looking for with your your Christmas adventures. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think that is the way to go for sure. Um, oh, one thing that I have to bring up about the nice guys, because I always, I always, this is the only other thing that I remembered vividly about watching it that first time. Um, so there's a scene where they're projecting a movie, like the whole climax of the film involves like projecting a movie. <laughs> and um, I just want to say that it basically gets everything wrong. Like it really couldn't be less wrong if it tried. But specifically what I love, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. I'll, I'll do a podcast about that one, one day. But what I do want to say is the projector that they used in that scene is a Christie projector, but they used uh, uh, the Christie elf platter system. And that is something which I worked on a lot. It's was barely ever used. I've probably had more experience working with one of those things than like 99% of projectionists out there. And it was so stressful working with that thing. It was basically a giant eight track where the, the film would like loop around and it would just play in an endless loop. Uh, and you would never have to thread it once it was on there. But this technology, it was very innovative. They won an Oscar for inventing this thing. But that was in 1997. This thing did not exist until the mid-90s, and here they are using it in this movie in 1977. That makes absolutely no sense. I really think what happened was they were like, it's in the 70s. We need a film projector. Okay, what film projectors are out there? Oh, look at this Christie one is like aquamarine blue kind of bluish green that looks really cool it looks really retro in 70s let's go with that i really think that's what happened Aww. because there's no other explanation for it but uh at the same time it is such a weird super crazy unique piece of technology that's really been lost to time that the fact that it has been preserved in this you know major Hollywood studio film is uh, kind of cool. So it has nothing to do with Christmas or this double feature. I just need to get it off my chest. So. No, no, I'm glad. I mean, I, that's why I love like doing podcasts like these. Cause you know, if you're lucky, you get to learn stuff like that. Cause like I had no idea, <laughs> but like, you know, why, why, why don't you want to learn more about film like that? You know, that's cool. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. Okay. I think if if I were to do this again, I would swap out Nice Guys for Iron Man 3, but 
I'm glad that we didn't do that because for one thing, we've got Iron Man 3 coming up on another podcast later on in the season. We're going to do DC versus Marvel, Batman Returns versus Iron Man 3. So that'll be coming uh, your way in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm glad that we got to, to talk about the nice guys. And I think that um, as far as Shane Black movies go, um, I mean, this is a pretty solid double feature, right? Yeah, and I'm really, I'm really glad that we finally got to do a Shane Black Christmas, a Shane Black Friday. It's perfect. Yeah, I'm glad too because I have been hankering for that on my own podcast, and I just it just never worked out for whatever reason. So I'm really glad to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Diego, where can people find you on the internet? You could find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter and uh, the Waffle Press, which is uh, the separate podcast from TFS, but obviously, you know. Check out the rest of, of TFS f- uh, Christmas Fest? Cri- TFS Fest? Christmas? TFS the season. TFS the season. Thank you. Sorry yeah. about that. But yeah, yeah. Ch- check out all that stuff too. And uh, where, where I have also Marcelo on the Waffle Press guesting to talk about uh, Dawn of the Dead and why it's so difficult to track down. <laughs> uh, Mike, you got, you got to come over to yell about more film related stuff too. Yeah, anytime. Just let me know. I'll yell about whatever you want me to yell about. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K. And you can also find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, where we do a show called Film Damage, where we talk about film projection. I'm sure we'll do a Nice Guys episode, uh, but we also do commentaries for all the new episodes of Star Trek. And we also uh, have a show on there where we talk about uh, time travel in movies and whether or not it makes logical sense. So uh, head on over there and check that out. Be sure to come back here next week for a couple more episodes of TFS The Season. And also, while you're over at uh, the Talk Film Society, uh, sign up for the, uh, the, the Patreon over there, and then you'll have access to all 14 episodes, over 17 and a half hours of Diego and myself, along with Marcelo, talking about the Star Trek movies on Trek Film Society, all for just one dollar. One dollar. Can't beat that deal. All right. Well, I guess that's about it. Thanks for joining me, Diego. No, thank you and for having me. Yeah, we'll be back next week with a couple more hosts. And until then, yippee ki Mr. Falcon. Mm-hmm.